Hey everyone, before the show starts this week, I just want to tell you all about a brand new free app called PodCoin. It's an app that actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Pays you in PodCoins, which you can then exchange for gift cards and other valuable items, or you can donate it to a charity of your choice. I've already benefited from this app. I mean, I got a nice gift card, gave some money to charity. It's awesome. All you have to do is download the app in the App Store or on your Android. Use the code WWTTPD and get 300 bonus pod coins just for signing up. All right, man, it's time to uh, record this week's episode. You uh, you ready you ready to roll? Yeah, no, I'm just uh, I'm uh, um uh, just uh, getting 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 my drink in order here and and putting my nose. Oh fuck! She, what they? She's still alive. What? No, Nathan. Huh? What? Are Are you still watching the movie? No, no, I'm just, I'm just, you know, vocally warming up, reading some of my notes so that they sound, so it sounds good and crisp. What? Fuck! They're both alive. What the hell? Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. You're definitely watching the movie right oh, now. No, you're. She's no. She's dead now. Oh, she's dead. What? Oh, what? What? Nathan, are you all? Are you done the movie? Yeah, I'm totally done the movie. Oh shit! He's beating him with a club. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're done, I mean, let's get let's hit record. Let's do this. Yeah. No. Just I, I'm just like uh, pouring my last bit of my drink. Oh my god! He threw an axe at his chest. <laughs> <sighs> he didn't. You didn't hit cancel. Oh, he's gonna butt die like catastrophe. Oh my god. <sighs> Wait. Is he good? Is he gonna drive off with with their kid? That that's not how adoption works. <laughs> Who is no one's st- stopping this? What? Okay. Oh. And my drink's done. <sighs> Theme music. You know when I pick a movie. That's when I'm on to pressure now. The question always comes back to me. What were they thinking now? Whoa, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? Well, now that Nathan has watched the movie, welcome to another episode of What Were They Thinking? I watched the movie. You watched it too, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, Was I supposed well, to too? I got all kinds of notes, though, so you oh, have to okay. follow uh, along. I'll, I'm just going to guess what happens. You you might actually make a more coherent movie. <laughs> oh, I'm Brendan. And I'm Nathan. And this is, of course, what were they thinking? We talk about bad to questionable movies. I think this movie mostly falls into the former category this this week. But there's considerable amount of the latter in it as well. Oh yes, it is both. Yeah. <laughs> bad and questionable. We are talking about 2002s, which should have been what 2001s collateral damage. Should have been October second, two thousand and one. Now I don't know if any of the, yeah. any history buffs out there, <laughs> but about a month before that, there was kind of a catastrophic thing yes. that happened in the United States, and a lot of movies got delayed. One of which is uh, was this film, also <laughs> Zoolander, <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, so it's the whole, like, attacking a foreign entity attacking on American soil thing. Terrorism, etc. So this movie was delayed and apparently not rewritten at all. (laughs) I don't think anything was changed. But let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about collateral damage. Arnold Schwarzenegger, first time he's been on this podcast somehow. That's weird. He's managed to escape our grasp for something like 85 episodes. And we've we've nailed him down. We're coming close to 100, Nathan. But there's, And there's so many things of his that would actually, would 100% go on to this. I mean, not, not even the usual suspects like Junior. I mean, there's, you know, there's some of his later stuff. Their escape plan. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, you got older ones like Red Heat, Raw Deal. So, uh, before we get into the specifics of the plot... Good We're impression. going to uh, talk about. I just want to talk about the, the the money situation for this movie. I think this was the first real big sign that Arnold's popularity at the time was kind of waning. Yeah, and you know, uh, compa- uh, combined with the whole postponing due to nine eleven because it came out in February two thousand two, and the budget for this thing. Do you know the budget for this movie? I do not. Eighty five million dollars. What? Yeah. Oh. So this was the time when people were still doing $85 million Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Now, to be fair, I mean, he to has... To be fair. He has done a few since then, but I feel like on the whole now, they're generally a little bit lower. I think, though, the the one of the reasons why it might have been on the downswing for him is because he's probably still recovering from Batman and Robin. <laughs> well, it was five years before this. It takes You're a, right. No, it was definitely yeah, that. Let's take a look at George Clooney's movie career after Batman and Robin. Chris O'Donnell's oh, even. <laughs> Wait, you're saying The Peacemaker wasn't a box office smash? This is what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, so $85 million, I mean, it's it, it's not a, it's not a success, uh, but it's not like a huge failure. But what do you think it, it brought in at the box office? Uh, 120 78 Oh, didn't even make the budget back. Didn't didn't even make the production budget back. Oof. Yeah, so probably a pretty big uh, money loss. Yeah. But let's get into this collateral damage. Um, we start off, and for the first few minutes, I thought I was watching Backdraft by mistake. Because <laughs> he's... A, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a fireman in this movie. He is a fireman. And at first, I'm like, okay, this is a scene to kind of establish him as this, you know, this uh, tough... Uh, smart guy that knows, is good at his job and will come into play later, of course. And he's like going, he's saving like a grandmother. And then suddenly the Who fire just like in... William Sadler, <laughs> the grandmother. Yes. <laughs> I would love if it was just a cameo. He's like, you want to play chess? <laughs> uh, but then the fire engulfs everyone and it's his wife wakes up from a nightmare. Yeah. And I don't know. That's a weird way to start this movie. It absolutely is an odd way to start the movie because you it makes you feel or think that uh, this is going to be a never-present thing throughout the movie. I mean, it's a pretty vague title, Collateral yeah. Damage. If you don't know what the movie's kind of about going into it other than the fact that it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in an action movie, you would think, okay, so at some point... He's going to be trapped in a fire trying to save her because she has, like, kind of uh, 
had a premonition about it. Not to say that she'd be psychic, but you know how people say, like, well, I had a dream about this exact same thing. Yeah, I, I, I saw it as, like, um, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if this is the way, like, Ladder 49 opened. Right. But that actually would be a great opening for any movie that where the main plot point is that her husband is a firefighter. It comes up, like, what, three times maybe throughout yeah. the movie? Maybe. And the other times it comes up, it's very quick. It's like, they just say, hey, it's the fireman, or like, hey, he, he knows how to fight fires, of course he can fight you, or some bullshit like that. Yeah, that's and that's it. <laughs> so, um... So Arnold and Arnold has a wife and a son, and they have a very loving relationship, almost um, aggressively over the top lovable. So you know something terrible is going to happen. <laughs> you know, with the the cutesy dad shower thing, I was like, "Oh, that kid's going to die." <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so I want to note, though, uh, while this is all going on, the opening credits are going, and one of the executive producers' names names is Hawk Cock. Yeah. Just want to point that out. I think it's pronounced. Uh, I think it's pronounced Coke. Oh, okay. Like the Coke okay. brothers, the Republican scumbags. Ed Coke's brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mayor of New York. <laughs> That's Koch. Well, that, it's spelled the same. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was K O T C H. Man, if that's Ed Koch's brother <laughs> producing this movie, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was Steve Mnuchin was involved, because that's a thing, too. <laughs> Wait, Steve Mnuchin again? Steve Mnuchin, he's like the Treasury Secretary for the U.S. right now. Oh. He's a real slimy-looking character. Uh, he's one of the few people in the administration who, for the most part, just does his job. But every once in a while, uh, he'll do, like, photo ops, or he'll have to, like, do something to... De- defend that trumpster fire and you're like oh he's such a why you just put on the scumbag shirt why don't you just say no i'm just the secretary treasurer of the secretary Secretary." no paparazzi no paparazzi but yeah he he did like production i think he did production on like one of the bad boys movies and also um mad max fury road okay yeah it's weird to, to have something that I love so dearly produced by someone who I kind of despise. You're talking about Bad Boys 2. No. <laughs> let's get it. Producers aside, let's get into this thing. Yeah, the wife and kid are going out to eat lunch. Yeah. And they're like, they basically tell Arnold, like, come pick come pick us up. I Or she has to go to the hospital or something, and he has to go. It's a doctor's but, appointment for the kid, I think. Yeah, a doctor's appointment. Yeah. He has to leave earlier, so she gets him to come get get the kid. Arnold's a little bit late, um, but luckily Officer Cliff Curtis allows him to park his car illegally. God, he's, he's such a he's such a nice fella. Which is like should have been an absolute red flag. <laughs> what a nice guy! Like I can't see anything going wrong here. He's just an upstanding police officer. Never mind. He got promoted to constable. Constable Cablamo. So it turns out Cliff Curtis is not an officer of the law. No. And he sets off a bunch of bombs because he's going after, like, some Colombian officials or something. Yes, because for some reason, the wife and kid, their doctor's appointment was near the Columbia consulate. And right. I thought, are they having lunch 
at the Colombian consulate? That's weird. What? In, in in their like green room area or whatever? Yeah, like did they just stop at like the cafeteria at the Colombian consulate because they just <laughs> they make the most authentic coffee or something? <laughs> this is where mama gets the good stuff. <laughs> So yeah, this explosion goes off. I mean, we've bare we're barely out of the opening credits here. Yes, and uh, the wife and son are dead ski. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I I'll say this: uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger can play abject shock really well. Abject shock, yes, but I, afterwards when he's showing his like traumatized face, it just looked like he, he ate some like bad steak or something. <laughs> yes. So we also get like you know that those typical. This feels like this movie feels like it was made in like 1991. You feel? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's just like a lot of like slow motion and like you know those those flashbacks that are done with like literally they're flashbacks. Like the whole screen goes white. Um, And they show the scene and then they flash out of it. Yeah, Yeah. like even his sunglasses like go up in the air in slow motion. But uh, Arnold is Arnold is running and he gets hit by a car. Absolutely, yep. Um, and uh, you know, ends up in the hospital. We see some. Uh, you have to really pay attention because it's really subtle political commentary in this movie. <laughs> but they're talking on TV about, you know, we don't tolerate attacks on our citizens, but we also don't want to ruin our relationship with Colombia. <laughs> Can you imagine, like? Bush at the time going on TV being like, "Listen, Al Qaeda is a terrible organization." Oh. But I mean. <laughs> Afghanistan, they're good people. <laughs> yeah, there's fine people on both sides. What kind of <gasps> idiot would do that sort of thing, right? Well, certainly not a moron that could get himself elected right. to the highest office in the land. No, that, that's just foolish. That's that'd be Nathan. <laughs> that'd be so ridiculous. I know. <laughs> We're talking crazy. Just absolutely. We're I, a couple of loons. <laughs> Oh, I I just want to feel safe again, Brendan. I want to feel safe again. (sighs) Please, in a year, in one year, please do the right thing. Please. (laughs) Just for your neighbors. We don't ask much. We don't even ask you to trim your lawn or anything. We never even ask to borrow sugar. We don't get it out of sorts when you guys have a big party. We don't tell you to turn it down. Nope. The only thing we will ask is to not bring your guns over. Right. It's kind of silly. Yeah. You can keep them at home. Yeah. (laughs) So collateral damage. So many unsubscribes. <laughs> oh, fuck them. Uh, so they find out basically that uh, there was the the cop left it, or Officer Curtis, Officer Constable Cablamo, uh, Constable Cablamo uh, left his motorcycle that had the bomb that actually uh, set off the explosion and everything. Mm-hmm. And Arnold, of course, is like, I remember that cop. He looked at me and let me park illegally. Uh, and then the uh, the FBI is like showing him footage of the explosion. And we meet Officer Casey Jones. Yep. From fucking Turtles 2. Or Turtles 3 we talked about. Turtles 1 and 3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One being the superior of the two. The third one, the best Turtles movie of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even joke about that. That movie was dreadful. So, Officer Casey Jones is like, listen, I'm going to find the son of a bitch. But, of course, he's as fake as anything. Yeah. He's got some He's got some disingenuous condolences. Yeah, and I don't fully 
understand, and I, I'm not saying it's the movie's fault. I think the movie's kind of murky anyway, but I'm, I'm not fully understanding what's going on. So he has some kind of, he has like a task force in Columbia, right? Yes. This Officer Casey Jones yep. guy. And because of this terrorist act, the senators are like, okay, you have to pull your for- force out because clearly nothing's working. Yeah, and they give him like a, a short turnaround time of when he has to take his uh, agents out of the area. Like 72 hours or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Just enough time for this movie to take place <laughs> at an unrealistic pace. Right. And yet somehow a slow pace. Yeah. <laughs> but what's weird is like, so, okay, so that I get that. So is he supposed to be some sort of like go-between for like the Colombian government and the guerrillas? Or like what is he, what is his job? No, because uh, his gripe is that the... The State Department wants to let the guerrillas and the Colombian government hash it out, like have negotiations and and discuss everything, as opposed to him actually wanting to go in and stop the guerrillas altogether. Mm -hmm. So he's actively working to to put an end to the the guerrillas, uh, not the uh, Mighty Joe Young brand, but, you know, (laughs) civilian fighters in the jungle, not militarily trained. He's not full on heel. He's a, he's, but he's not a face. That's for sure. Wrestling reference secured. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we go to the funeral for Arnold's wife and kid. Um, the, you know, the, the bagpipes, the whole nine yards. They're playing amazing grace. And every time I hear that (laughs) on bagpipes now, all I can think about is the dropkick Murphy's version. But uh, did you notice the uh, very clever Nightline parody? No, I mean, well, I mean, I all the the Talking Head news stuff I caught, but I didn't know if it was an actual parody. Well, I mean, just the the title of it was a parody. Like he gets a, Arnold gets a call to do an interview. Yeah. Like they ask him if he wants to do an interview, and they say for Late Line. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh god, he couldn't say Nightline because as close as he possibly could. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, so Arnold's watching the news, we see a videotape is sent in, sent in from El Lobo, a Colombian terrorist who known wolf. as the Wolf. Yes. And he says the bombing was a self-defense against American war criminals. And he does this weird little mannerism with his hands, which will come into play later, so don't forget. The most ham-fisted way. I know. Oh, my God. And for someone to have the memory to remember that from this moment. When, when we get to that, I'll explain that away. Okay. Because oh I just, I mean, I didn't just watch that. I mean, I watched it a couple nights ago and took notes, but we'll get to that and I'll explain Of course. Yeah. Yes, many nights ago. <laughs> Nathan prepared three months in advance for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so they air the whole unedited video threat from Columbia. Yep. And uh, then they go to this reporter. Now, this is the moment in the movie that the only moment that I remembered when we uh, when you when you announced we were going to do this movie. Yep. And I think we've referenced it several times on the show because this reporter is like, listen, uh, you know, they went after certain people and certain other people got killed. It's just it's called collateral damage. It happens. NBD. No big deal. Yeah. So Arnold is pissed and he goes. For some reason, there's no security in the newsroom. (laughs) 
And he just walks right in with a baseball bat. That's not the reporter that says that. He doesn't go in, in the newsroom and do it. That guy that she was talking to is representative of a group who is supportive oh, yeah. of the guerrillas' fight in Colombia. The ALC or something. Right. And yeah. it made me think that in this day and age, I don't feel a group like that would fly on American soil. Probably not. Like, if Probably there was not. just some group who set up in, like, one of the communities in any of the big cities in the U.S. and was like, you know what? We support what they're doing. We're living here in your country. The people who are trying to des- destroy and kill you, we support what they're doing. Like, that would not fly. <laughs> but that's who they're Hashtag talking to. 9-11. <laughs> not? Okay. Let's not. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that guy, he's a supporter. And yeah, he's so I he's so blasé about the whole thing. He's like, eh, it sucks that they died, but that's collateral damage. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. Title of the movie. We have a title, and we have one of the best scenes in cinematic <laughs> history as well. Yeah, Arnold uh, then goes to this to this ALC headquarters, I guess, mm-hmm. with a baseball bat, and just starts smashing things the fuck up while he's like. <gasps> So you want collateral damage, huh? The fuck are you? I give you fucking collateral damage. Hey, stop that! It's a fireman. Who's in? Go now! Go! Here, collateral damage. He's just trashing the place. Of course, the cops show up and they tase him. And this is probably the part of the movie that I had the hardest time believing uh, that a stun gun would take down Arnold Schwarzenegger, especially a raging Arnold Schwarzenegger. If a du- if a martial artist dude couldn't dropkick a 70-year-old Schwarzenegger in the back... Unawares, the room, unawares he was kicked and did not budge. Exactly. So, yeah, Schwarzenegger is arrested. I mean... Not put in jail, just arrested, and the FBI is like, listen, I know you're pissed, but uh, you can't you can't take the law into your own hands. And I'm like, oh, I've heard that so many times in these movies. <laughs> How many 80s movies? Like, I just, for the first, I mean, I guess it's a 70s movie, but I just, for the first wa- first time, watched the original Death Wish not that long ago. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that line ex- verbatim was in that movie. <laughs> yes, because, I mean, that's 100% <laughs> what Bronson does. Yeah. So they have to call it out. We do have one of the smallest Senate hearings I've ever seen on in a movie. Uh, yeah, do they don't have extras, or what was the deal there? Because every time I've seen a Senate hearing on television... Yeah, going, C-SPAN, which we watch every day. <laughs> going far back as the Clarence Thomas, that was like one of the first times I was ever aware of, you know, people being vetted and there being Senate hearings and stuff like that as a kid. Anytime I've ever seen one of those it's always big mm-hmm. like there's a lot of senators there asking questions there's a big crowd in the gallery reporting and everything there's like what five guys asking questions and casey jones and maybe two other people and it looked like there were a few people in the back just kind of hanging out yeah <laughs> it's like ooh, a senate hearing oh they're just mm. waiting for the cafeteria to open <laughs> They don't even work there. They just really like the cafeteria. We were going to go to the Colombian consulate, but it blew up last week. Right. That, and that's where we talked about Casey Jones' whole operation. Basically gets shut down 72 hours to pull out all your uh, operatives. Yep. And actually, he this is, like you said, he's going to go kill Colombia. 
Yeah. And we actually find out, or that I was not exactly eagle-eared with this one, but we I actually did make a note of Agent Casey Jones' name. It's probably the only time it's going to come up because, let's be honest, we're going to call him Agent Casey Jones for the rest of this thing. For sure. But his name is Bennett. B- Bennett? Bennett. I thought Bennett. his name was. Uh, I thought his last. Well, I, I thought his last name was Brandt. Oh, I thought it was Bennett. It sounded like Bennett. The only reason why I noted it was because it's the same name as the bad guy from Commando. <laughs> you know that uh, Freddie Mercury-looking guy, but with like a big jaw. Yeah, and I wrote down at this point that it'd be quite a plot twist if like they just dropped the Arnold thing, and then the movie was about Casey Jones going into Columbia. And I wrote down. That'd be silly, though. Why would the rest of the movie be about a middle-aged man, middle-aged balding man going after... Oh, wait. <laughs> but uh, we go back to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's drinking out of the most American coffee cup I've ever seen. Yes, my, my note here is America. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, like, little flags just, like, all over the coffee cup. Like, the worst Photoshop And I, I thought the place where he was flying to or going to was called Mepos at first. It's the place where Balky from Perfect Strangers is from. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What was it? What was it actually like? Mopos or something? Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. Mopos instead of Mepos, but I was like Mepos, like shit. <laughs> Bronson Pinchot's gonna show up. Balky Claus is coming to town, and what does he have? An apple for Larry Appleton. If he go to play the Leguizamo role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wasted, wasted opportunity. Yeah. So, uh, he's so Arnold calls up Casey, Officer Casey Jones, and he's like, "Listen, he's like, what's 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 the update?" And Casey Jones is like, "Listen, your your family dying, not a priority. Sorry." Yeah. So he's he's kind of a dick. He didn't even have time for hollow condolences. He was just like, you know what? I I ain't got time for you and your dead wife and kid shit. Yeah, I got I got to deal with my own bullshit. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger at this point is like, well, I'm gonna go into fucking Colombia and find this guy and kill him. That's my goal. I mean, which so makes call- sense because I mean, he's killed the predator before. I mean, <laughs> that's what, man. And again, another cameo we could have had. <laughs> Just runs into the predator. <laughs> How are you doing? But it's, he- it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, I I saw that one. It's really good. <laughs> no, I don't think it was ham-fisted acting. But uh, Arnold gets some help from his firefighter buddy, I guess. And he brings over a guy that I wrote down was like a third-rate Dennis Quaid. Pretty much. And they basically said, Look, listen, if you want to go into Colombia, you're going to have to go through Panama first. Panama! They, they do this annoying movie thing. I, I hate when they do this, honestly, is when... They have scenes where they're discussing a plan, like what you're going to do, what you can do, while it's like happening on screen. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, are they saying, is this happening? Or are they saying this is what he should do? Like, are we just seeing Arnold like picturing what he's going to do? Like, (laughs) other movies make this even less clear. Like, I think it was fine in this one, for the most part. But a lot of times I'm just like, "Uh, okay, so we're there already. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, I I find it. Sometimes it's particularly degrading when they do it and the whole thing's a psych out. Like, oh, that's the worst. Where they're showing the plan going off without a hitch, and then they're like, okay, well, let's do the plan. And, of course, the whole thing goes sideways. 
Yeah, that that's yeah, that's honestly the worst thing. Now, this point here in the movie, this is where I actually kind of noted wouldn't it have made much more sense if they hadn't got Arnold Schwarzenegger, but a guy who was like at the very least Hispanic because <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger does not blend in with the f- average folk in Colombia. Or Panama. He's about a foot and a half taller than everyone. Yep. He's about 150 pounds heavier than everyone. He's about uh, 150% lighter than everyone. He's about 200% more Austrian than everyone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's like the most ridiculous thing. It's like if you sent fucking LeBron James to like... <laughs> to infiltrate you know, Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> da, comrade. If you say comrade, you're fine. Yeah. So, yeah, Arnold uh, gets on this bus, and they get stopped by this gorilla roadblock, but Schwarzenegger and a bunch of them basically run off the bus before they get a chance to even hit the roadblock. Incidentally, gorilla roadblock, name of my next band. <laughs> but ha- Whoa, the- you got a bunch of names floating around now. Right? I got a list. Oh, uh, that's going to be, uh, check check out that album. We'll drop a sample on here next week, just <laughs> like uh, Brent does for PJ on the Home Video Hustle. Gorilla Roadblock, that's, that'll be me. Um, <laughs> Arnold manages to save a few kids. Well, he does that, but he also, the, how they devise getting around the roadblock, which was, was really weird. They basically, it makes it look like there's a Flintstone bus going by. Because everybody gets out, hides behind the bus, and then slowly walks with the bus as it creeps along. <laughs> so you see all these feet underneath the bus. Yep. <laughs> um, and and uh, but Arnold does end up in a in a horrible looking CGI waterfall. Yep. <laughs> and like, uh, the fall he takes in the waterfall is like Mac and me levels of falling. <laughs> Like, he would be dead as dirt. Yeah. So at this point, I think Casey Jones is told that Schwarzenegger's in town. Because he's over in Columbia now, right? Well, they find his stuff. That's how they know. Because when he took when he went chasing waterfalls, not sticking to the rivers and the lakes that he was used to. I know that you're gonna have it your way or nothing at all. But I think you're uh, he drops his his pack, which has like his passport and all of his papers in it. So Casey Jones finds out that Arnold is there mm-hmm. because they find his stuff, as you said. Right. Um, and he says, uh, well, let's let the gorillas know that Schwarzenegger's here because they can kill an American on Colombian soil. And the U.S. government will be like, wow, they killed an American. I mean, I don't think we can negotiate with terrorists, so maybe you can have your operatives back after all, Casey Jones. And that's, a million apologies. The thing is that there it's not even a situation where the Americans are actually negotiating with the terrorists. They're just like, we're going to lay back while the Colombian government and the guerrillas negotiate. Yep. So I mean, I don't, I don't understand why Casey Jones and them couldn't stay, you know, special ops, undercover, not detected in the country, unless that was one of the things that they're like, we won't negotiate with you until the American presence is out of our country. I, I the, the plot is so convoluted. I think. <laughs> well, if we're trying to figure out how this 
happens because we weren't told. Yeah, it's a little convoluted. And at this point, Arnold is still alive. He's on a boat. We didn't see him get on that boat. We just see that he's on the boat. Mm-hmm. And he finds out he's going to need to get a pass to get into the gorilla zone, which to me sounds like he's at an amusement park. <laughs> You want to go through the gorilla zone, you have to buy a pass. Look, our amusement park is divided up into four different sections. Now, there's the giraffe zone, there is the hippopotamus zone, there is the elephant zone, and finally the gorilla zone. Now, you can go to one of the zones, or you can get a hopper pass uh, <laughs> endorsed by uh, the dude from Stranger Things, David Harbour. And you can go... <laughs> From section to section, but if you want to go to the gorilla zone and you only have a giraffe zone pass, you're not getting into the gorilla zone. You need a gorilla <laughs> zone pass. He, I feel like it's it's pretty confusing that the wolf would be in the gorilla zone, though. Right, but he got the David Hopper pass. Oh, the David okay. Arbor, Sergeant Hopper but, pass. I, I just I I don't know how like a wolf and a gorilla would would react to each other. I feel that uh, it would it would be a, a, an interesting outcome. I feel the gorilla would have the upper hand in a fight with a wolf. I was going to say, is it an interesting outcome because it's an outcome that's interesting? Ah, I think you're stretching that premise a little thin. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, and he goes, he's he's kind of getting, he, he does, he gets, he's trying to get around town and... Uh, this dude's trying to sell him some fake watches and he's like, yeah. no, thank you. And so the guy's like, oh, you're not going to buy a watch for me? Well, I'm going to go snitch to the authorities on you. Yeah, that's how it works. That's exactly how it works. Yeah. So while the shifty eyed snitch watch salesman is, is doing his thing, uh, somehow Arnie ends up at like a, a real like dicey carnival or something. And, and this is where we're introduced to we don't know at the set at the, the moment, but a a woman and her child who later plays a pretty big part in the uh, story. Yeah, and he he uh, saves the kid from getting hit by a motorcycle. Is he deaf? Is the kid deaf? Uh, I don't think they ever say that he is because she does a lot of hand talking with him, and he doesn't hear. The motorcycle coming, which I was like, is he deaf? Because they're yelling for him to move, but he's not doing it. But I mean, it could actually just be him being a kid and not fucking listening because that's what kids do. Maybe they were going to make him deaf and they had a line to like explain that too. But then they just dropped it, but they kept all the stuff like alluding to that fact. Well, and that's the thing. If they had left that in, all the hand talking that she does would make a lot more sense. Just because she would be used to being an expressive hand talker because she's communicating with her deaf child most of the time. Right. And I and I feel like it's it's not in this version of the, of the movie because this movie ex- over-explains a lot of stuff. So I feel like they would have said he's deaf like five times. <laughs> yeah. But after he saves that kid, uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of, like you said, that guy snitched him out. So there's a bunch of gorillas coming around like, uh, you know... Uh, starting to form a circle around him. They're going to attack him. There's lots of close-ups of hands-on guns in the backs of pants. And the gorillas um, are going to show up, and also the authorities are showing up. Yep. It's just another day in Colombia. So the guy ratted him out to the cops. So the cops show up, and he also tells them, oh, those are the gorillas. So the cops shoot the gorillas, arrest Arnold. 
I think they arrest a couple, a few of the other like gorilla gorilla guys too. Probably. And then, and then when Arnold goes to jail, we meet <laughs> John Turturro, pervy Canadian John Turturro. I would like to know how you feel about his representation of us as a as a nation. I I found it a breath of fresh air because we are far too often portrayed as milquetoast, straight-laced, boring people. Unless unless hockey and beer is involved. Like if hockey and beer are involved, then we're they're we're usually hooligans. So <laughs> He's, he's talking about, like, how he's got all these connections and, you know, he's definitely able to get a pass uh, for the Gorilla Well, he has zone, one, so doesn't he? Go. He has one, because he works with the gorillas as an electrician. Yeah, I don't know why Arnold wants to go to, like, the zoo. I mean, he's still going after that guy that killed his family, but whatever. Well, where else are you going to find a wolf? <laughs> That's true. There's one comment that John Turo is like, No way, man, if I help you out, I'm going to be an organ donor. And I'm like, you could still be an organ donor when you're alive. It's, it seems actually like the responsible thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if, like, now we've made... It's, it sounds like it sounds like not the threat of death, just the threat of, like, haha, we forged your papers and now you're an organ donor. <laughs> you're signed up for it. It's funny because we find out that the reason why Totoro is there is because he got arrested for... Uh, public lewdness. Oh, public... Yeah, public lewdness. And... Arnold Schwarzenegger shakes his hand. I mean, I mean, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does say, "I was standing there, and she was doing all the work." She was doing all. The, yeah, she was doing all the lewdness. But yeah, he works with the gorillas, and that. Oh, you know that whole thing about helping him comes later with during the jailbreak. Yeah. Well, this is pretty. Yeah, this is pretty much right after this. It's like the, the all these people come in. And they start like launching rockets at the jail. Yeah. <laughs> and a huge action scene breaks out and somebody's got a fucking chainsaw to let the gorillas out. Arnold grabs him and steals the chainsaw and basically tells Totoro like you're going to die unless you give That's me that pass. Some amazing dexterity because he grabs like a a, a full-on ripsaw or whatever it is. That a firefighter would use, but still usually takes two hands to do. Does it through jail cell doors and cuts his lock open. Yep. (laughs) And I feel that the the director at this point was like, this is where the fire effects are going to be, so just walk around this part. (laughs) They're not great. No. Um, the other thing is, like, I I know he's not, I know as a firefighter, he's not supposed to be, like, a quote-unquote everyman, obviously, but he's not really playing, like, the type of guy that Arnold usually plays, like, the big action hero type. Right. And so it's weird to me to see, like, oh, this guy's really out of his element, and he has to improvise and fight people and use explosives and stuff, and I'm like, nah, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really shocked. No. But yeah, he breaks out to Turo, and I think this is basically the last time we see him, because he's like, here's the pass, peace. Yeah, but he does he does tell him, uh, make sure you tell them I got arrested for something really disgusting, or otherwise they won't believe you. Yeah, and tell, and tell them you're, you're my replacement, and go see Felix Ramirez. Yeah. Who we later learn out is John Leguizamo. And I actually have a note before that he actually does go into his... He's going to go in to find uh, the gorillas. Um, 
It would have been really interesting to see Jim J. Bullock in this role. Jim J. You know, Bullock. Monroe from the television show Too Close for Comfort. It's probably too old for you. Yeah, he lost me on that one. <laughs> you can look him up. Look him up on the uh, on the interwebs when you get a chance. Throw it in your Google machine, as they say. All right, I'll, uh, I'll bing it in a bit here. Okay. But yeah, no, we find out that Civil War is hell because they just leave bodies out to rot in the uh, on the riverbanks. Yep, as one does. Yep. We also uh, get Arnold uh, recognizing uh, Cliff Curtis from earlier, and we only know because there's a flashback, because otherwise I don't <laughs> think we would remember. There's no way we would have gotten that or put that together. I mean, that was almost 45 minutes ago. Right? Like, a movie, what do you think? What do you think I have, the memory of something other than a goldfish? <laughs> so Arnold does meet up with, uh, does finally goes to this other part of the island, meets up with Felix, played by mm-hmm. John Leguizamo. He's a totally chill revolutionary. He's, he's been on the show before, Nathan. Yes, he was. He was a violator, clown violator on in Spawn. I mean, to his credit, totally different performance. <laughs> Yes, not not as disgusting. Not, I mean, not quite as disgusting. Yeah, right. Well, there's no, you know, fart shit stain jokes in this, so big oh, plus geez. there. Or like when he's eating maggot uh, pizza. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So he does the whole thing where he's like, "Oh, Totoro's Totoro was arrested for screwing the police ch- police chief's daughter," and they're like, "Yeah, that's a man." Yeah. You must be legit. And so he's he's arguing for the uh the guy who's the guy's manning the papers station for the gorillas mm. to to let Schwarzenegger in because they need someone to work on uh one of the engines or the motors that they have as part of their you know, their drug making and operation. How do they make these drugs, Nathan? Well before I get to that Okay. <laughs> I, I just I wanted to make a quick note. I don't know Spanish. So I'm not gonna you know say that I do, but when he because and there was there was very few subtitles in this movie in a movie that could have done with a lot of subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking to the guard and he calls him Primo, and that in Spanish I believe means cousin. Not not a hundred percent. I'm just saying you know what I've picked up over the years so it led me to think are they is he related to this guy or is he using it like in a oh hey fam sort of way yeah i think it's like a it sounds like it might be like a cuz like what's up cuz right that kind of thing but yeah so he john Leguizamo has this giant drug operation he's uh, selling uh cocaine of course because they're in columbia yes and okay so how does he make the cocaine nathan well it looks like he's employing some sort of uh Grape dancers, a la I Love Lucy. <laughs> I thought it was like, I was like, oh my god, are they going to reference, or I didn't even know if it was a thing yet at the time, but that YouTube video where that woman like falls oh, over. Oh, poor woman. <laughs> she makes the most horrendous sound. <laughs> now, I don't know why I thought this, but I remember a movie, and if, if I miss this, I'm totally sorry, but I remember a movie where... They put, like, cocoa leaves in the ground and poured diesel on it as a way of making the drugs that they were making. I thought that was this movie, but it wasn't. 
But they were using diesel, though. They were? Okay. So that was a thing. Yeah, no, that's totally this movie. Yeah, okay. But yeah. no, I, I remember them, like, putting it in the ground and covering it up as, as a scene. And I was like, that didn't happen in this movie. What movie was I fucking thinking of? Yeah, but uh, Leguizamo makes a lot of references to uh, Arnold being German. Yes, calls him a sauerkraut. And I'm like, Austrian. Uh, Austrian. Well, no, his paper said he was German. Oh, why, why isn't he just playing an Austrian? Or at least that's what he told them. I don't know. <laughs> that's so... <laughs> that's strange. I think it doesn't change the movie, so I don't know why he decided, like, well, I should be German. Mm. Well, then you wouldn't get the all the fun quasi-racist stuff that Leguizamo says, where he calls him, like, a sauerkraut. And... He's like, you, you, you're like a German sausage. Right, exactly. <laughs> I ordered a pepperoni. Uh, uh, no, Canadian bacon, and I got German sausage. Yeah. Cause He's just yucking it up. Totoro was Canadian, so. Which I feel was only a thing, really, for this movie, so they could make that joke. <laughs> the Canadian bacon joke? Yeah, Canadian bacon, German sausage. They definitely shot Leguizamo stuff first, and they were like, all right, we gotta go back and change the fucking script now. Because <laughs> Totoro does have that whole rant about how it's great being a Canadian there, because no one gives a shit about Canadians, uh, but they'll kidnap and kill an American, even though he's, yeah. you know, a walking slab of beef and clearly Austrian or German. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Leguizamo is uh, dr- he's driving Arnold to... Uh, to basically his drug empire. And when he does that, he puts a hood on, and I'm like, Arnold can definitely see through that hood. He's also trying to pitch... Um, <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah, trying to pitch his uh, his burgeoning rap career. Boy, oh, boy. Am I ever <laughs> glad we never got a John Leguizamo CD. Gorilla, <laughs> <laughs> thriller, take me to Manila. What do we got? It's smooth like vanilla. Howdy. Eeny, miny, mo, tell the CIA to go. They gotta get out, you know. And he also makes so many, and again, it's like so many 90s references, like late 90s. He's like, man, those Silicon Valley geeks must be emailing it to each other. Right. I'm like, oh my god. It's just like they're trying to put in so many like buzzwords to make it seem like hip. <laughs> well, only the um, hip people do the cocaine, I guess. Yeah, the Silicon Valley geeks are the only ones buying the cocaine from Colombia. <laughs> so at the same time, Cliff Curtis finds—I think—is he torturing the dude that like let him in? Yes, yes, because they 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 do find out that the the new German guy is the the firefighter who is supposedly trying to to kill. Like I don't. Is I suppose they might have covered it, or they might have said something like the, the the when he tore up the office, but I don't feel that Cliff Young and him have ever have really crossed paths other than that quick glimpse outside of the Colombian consulate. So why would he be on Cliff Young's radar? Not Cliff Young. Sorry, Cliff Curtis. It's Cliff Young. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I. They have the really brief exchange in the first scene and then I yeah I don't think they see each other at all after that I mean unless you know when agent Casey Jones said let's let them know he's in town that he gave like a full description and a picture and everything well well they did I think they did have a picture okay because uh, I think they get the the, the paperwork stuff from Casey Jones and all right all explained guys. away then 
There we go. Excellent. We gotta sort that out. We sorted something out here. Flawless film. Yeah, so Cliff Curtis is torturing this guy because he let Arnold Schwarzenegger in without, like, reporting it or mm-hmm. killing him or whatever. And um, I, I guess he's uh, pumping his stomach with a snake. Which I thought, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I feel the snake probably would have started biting his mouth at first before it even got into his throat, let alone past the thorax and into his stomach, which I believe probably would have killed the snake. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't understand that either. <laughs> like, it would have choked the guy and probably killed him, but, like, that snake is, yeah, that snake is definitely dead. Yeah. And I think snakes have, like, an instinct to not allow something like that to happen. Yeah, like I said, he would have, it would have been more biting in the mouth and stuff like that as the snake's yeah. trying to squirm to get away. Exactly. Yeah. So, do you hear that, Cliff Curtis? Your torture methods are arcane and not efficient. Right. After that, the gorillas show up to look for, quote-unquote, the mecha- the Canadian mechanic. The German mechanic. Yeah. I just I just mean, like, I just meant, like, he took his place. Oh, okay. Because yeah. the, the, we do get that awesome note or line from Legozama where it's like, he's always working. He's like a cyborg. Fuck. Uh, so Legozama was just trying to talk his way out of this whole thing. He's like, I don't know where he is, man. He's, he's just working. He's working hard. And... All of a sudden, things start exploding because Arnold's rigged together some bombs. Which, at first, I didn't understand how he knew how to do that. And then I realized there was a one throwaway line earlier where he said, I used to work for Bomb and Arson. And you didn't see his mouth move when he said that line. So I was like, oh, they definitely just went back and threw that in they there. They ADR'd that so they could make this film flawless. <laughs> yeah. Because of John Leguizamo, just, I guess he's just annoying them at this point. The gorillas just fucking shoot him dead. Mm-hmm. So he's out of the movie. Both Johns, not in this movie for very long. No, and and uh, Schwarzenegger gets away uh, by hiding under the chassis of a truck and looks Leguizamo dead in the eye as he lay dying. What a what a horrifying final image. <laughs> so after Arnold after Arnold uh, starts, you know. He, I think he, like, rigs up some more bombs at this point. He sees Selena and her kid again. Yes, because he, what he was doing was, uh, it's weird because he is, he's doing some more of that MacGyver stuff. And I wasn't totally sure what he was doing, but I know he was doing something with, uh, he was taking, I don't know, like, some of the fluid or something. Uh, it looked like he was taking it out of the grenade. He was, like, he was tampering with the fuse. Uh, he puts an elastic band around the grenade and drips this stuff on it so as to be like a time delay mechanism. So it's going to eat through the rubber band and let the spoon go. And that's when the uh, grenade becomes active. Because as we've covered previously on our show, a grenade is not active until the spoon is released. It is only armed and ready to go when the pin is pulled. Or it's ready to go, it's not armed, because, you know, it doesn't become active until you let, release the spoon. And thank you for joining us on Artillery Corner. Uh, <laughs> next, we're going to be talking about the AR-15. Next on what, and were they exploding? <laughs> the AR-15, why no regular person, civilian, should ever own one. <laughs> yeah, so he, he basically, he, he sees them walking towards the building that's about to blow up, right? And he's like, no, get down! And they would have been totally fine. Like yeah, they were pretty far from him. And even when they show the explosion, and uh, Cliff, you know, 
Commandant Commando Kerbalamo jumps out of the window to escape it, the explosion and debris don't even reach out into the street. Yeah. So he could have just been like, stay right there, don't move. Shh, blowing things up. (laughs) Did you also notice that, like, when he saw Selena and her kid, the kid has, like, almost the exact same toy that his kid did when the explosion went off? Well, yeah, how else are you going to send home that sentimental thing that comes into play at the end? So, yeah, after that, uh, the wolf, or not the, well, I should say, Cliff Curtis uh, catches up with, uh, gets Arnold. He, like, takes him down, and Selena's begging him, like, don't kill him, don't kill him. Like, he saved my son. He's a good man. And we find out Selena is married to to uh, Cliff Curtis. Uh, and, you know, they're just a typical bickering terrorist couple. <laughs> well, we don't totally know that yet. Well, I mean, I mean, like, he's a terrorist. And she's, she, we are led to believe that she is just complicit in his actions. She just, she just doesn't know what to do when he leaves his socks all over the floor. <laughs> Your plastic explosives are everywhere, and I've been cleaning this house for hours. So Cliff Curtis has Schwarzenegger kidnapped at this point. Uh, Schwarzenegger does manage to kick a bunch of people's asses, though, and Tyson someone? Yes, he, like, bites them, just bites their ear. Because my note is, Tyson! 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 (laughs) He's straight up, like, and, like, straight up, like, bites it, and then you see him, like, spit the entire ear out. (laughs) And now we we learn uh, the backstory of Selena and and Cliff Curtis is that they had a daughter, right? They had. They had a daughter, yeah. They had a daughter who died... Um, was it like some botched American thing? Okay, well, before that, just before that, um, I had a note. Why are they speaking English to each other? Oh, when no one else is watching? Right. Yeah, that made no sense. And it's weird because there are tons of times in the movie where people are speaking Spanish and there's no subtitles. So, I guess this was a case of, like, well, we need to know what this dialogue is. Well, couldn't we just use subtitles, Mr. Davis? Eh, just do it in English. But they use subtitles for, like, a brief scene later, though, which is really weird to me. Yeah, it doesn't... It. I don't understand. I don't know why they would choose to and then not choose to. Maybe a studio getting involved saying, like, make it in English. Maybe. I don't know. Because I know that, that that can be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and now the the agents that... Well, Agent Casey Jones and his guys, they're setting up a plan. You know, they say it's to save Arnold Schwarzenegger, but really it's to save the gorillas from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. And then we get the origin story. We find out that uh, our lovable uh, Cliff... Constable Coblamo used to be a teacher. Right. A school teacher. And, yeah, there was like a, I don't know, it was like almost like a botched coup or something to that effect where the American government was trying to control favorable relations with Colombia. So they, you know, they sent in, you know, black bag teams or whatever you want to call them. To help get their guy that they want in power into power. And during this whole thing, of course, it always ends with, you know, civilians getting caught in the crossfire. And unfortunately, their 
his daughter uh, passed away. Yes. So they they that's their way of making him in like a similar situation to Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and it's also I think that it was his daughter, not her daughter. I think it was yeah. from a pre-existing relationship. I think so. Yeah. And and of course then we get all that stuff where, you know, uh Cliff Curtis is like, "We're one and the same. You're just like me." <laughs> that's actually a, I one of that's a pretty fun bit. Uh, yeah, and he's like, I'm nothing like you. Well, no, he's not. It's not like that. It's like, no, not like you. And he's like, how so? I'm just going to kill you. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're alluding to the fact that Cliff, Constable Coblamo, is ready to burn down all of American society rather than just the one person who was responsible for the death of his daughter. Well, and we learn that the next plan of his is to plant a bomb in Washington. Yes. Uh, and Arnold manages to finally convince Selena, like, just to help me, you got to stop him. He's go- he's he's gone too far. Like, we got to put an end to this. And she's finally like, okay, okay, fine. Let's. I, I'll help you. I'll help you. I don't want to be involved with this anymore. So once Casey Jones and his crew show up. Uh, they they tell him like, listen, you take Selena with you, and she's gonna tell you where the next terrorist attack is. She can pinpoint it. But there's at one point where he's trying to get away, without uh, just with her and the kid, where he uses a a, a pickaxe as a minesweeper. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, a brilliant move, but it seems something odd that a firefighter would come up with. And that is my main problem with most of this movie, is that, yes, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, so that's not surprising, the stuff he does, but he's also a firefighter. And not a soldier, not a police officer. But here's the thing. In the military, there are fire crews. Like, on bases, people who work in the army, but their specialty is putting out fires and whatnot. If yes. we had just, if they had just made him instead of just a standard civilian firefighter, and him being a military firefighter, he would have had to do all the basic training, all the, the grunt stuff that you learn, all of that. So it would have been at least ex- you could explain it away. Yeah, that's all it would have taken. <laughs> yeah, but alas, they did not. We do get our. Uh, we do get our only real tropey uh, Schwarzenegger line in the movie that I was able to note with a get down. And then, so then they they fly off to Washington. Mm-hmm. So we got Arnold, Selena, Casey Jones, and his some of his crew. And I wrote down in all capital letters, uh, Jane Lynch. Yep, <laughs> I did too. Jane effing Lynch is in this movie, like. Blink and you'll miss her. I'm pretty sure 2002, no one knew who knew who the fuck Jane Lynch was. No, well, not for the most part. No, this. Yeah, yeah. Very early in her career, but she's just kind of in the room with the CIA. She's one of like the analysts or something. Yeah, yeah. So while the while this uh, while this plan is going through the motions, like you know, uh, Cliff Curtis is in Washington now, and he's starting to uh, to go through with his plans. Mm-hmm. Selena is meeting with the CIA and eventually identifies Union Station as the target for the bombing. Yeah. So there's uh, there's tons of FBI and CIA head down there because there's been like a briefcase switch off, right? Yeah, and some hobo picked it up and 
took it off to see what was in it so he could, uh, you know, sell it for booze money or something. Yep. But the homeless person opens it, and the cops burst in at the last minute, and there is nothing in the briefcase. Yeah. I actually... I hadn't seen this movie in quite some time, so I actually did get kind of swerved by this. Uh, all I have a note here is, uh, oh, great, the bomb plot was foiled by vagrancy. <laughs> oh, if only. Yeah. If, only the, the, if only he had opened it and then diffused it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I used to work for bomb and arson. <laughs> goes off screen. <laughs> <laughs> But they just used Arnold's voice from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but at this point, yeah, Selena has basically uh, given up the plan, but uh, or given up the plans of the CIA. But she's like, I have to go to the washroom, and she gets annoyed that her son doesn't want to come with her. So she's like, okay, well, whatever. So um, she does this weird little mannerism where she's trying to get his attention, which again lead to led me to believe that he was deaf because, or at least uh, mostly deaf. Because it's a wide sweeping hand gesture with a clap clap at the end. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of a strange gesture. Yeah. But she does it and all of a sudden Arnold is like <gasps> I remember the video. Well actually he doesn't, and this is why I said I wanted to explain this away. He doesn't remember right away. Because they're actually analyzing more footage or the old footage rather that the the wolf put out or sent and there's still pictures uh of the videos on a wall in the office and i don't know if they're rerunning or rewatching the video clip but he either remembers it or he sees it again and then just puts it together oh she's 100% part of this yeah, well, she is the wolf. She's, at the very least, she's the image or the shape that they use for their videos. Of course, she is absolutely on board with the terrorism thing. She's not the she's not the compliant wife that uh, that they made her out to be. Because during the origin story, she doesn't she say something to the, to the effect that she didn't really know how involved he was, and by the time she found out, she was already pregnant with their son. But I, I, yeah, I think they they pretty succinctly say like this is the wolf. Like she's not the terror. Like because remember earlier in the movie when Cliff Curt he's like I talked to Cliff Curtis about ten seconds before the explosion went off, and they were like, is that enough time to set it off? Yeah. So I think that was her that set that off. Yes, because they show. The, they show her oh, yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. flashback for some reason. Wearing like a blonde wig. Yeah. <laughs> Which I would love to go back and watch that scene and see if they bothered, like, even bothered with that earlier. And it actually made me ponder the whole thing that, you know, made him remember that hand gesture thing. What if that was just a super common speaking hand gesture in their culture? <laughs> and he got her killed? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that uh, that wouldn't surprise me. But she go, she's heading into the restroom, and I I wrote I wrote down no Jane Lynch, don't go with her because yeah, she straight up kills Jane Lynch with the possibly the fakest looking neck break I've ever seen. <laughs> like 
There's not even... I don't even think there was a sound effect. She just kind of, like, turned her head a little bit, and I was like... Fell over. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, she's dead, I guess. Well, the crazy thing is she punches her, and then I'm like, oh, maybe she's just going to knock her out. And then she walks over to her unconscious body and breaks her neck. And we find out that she and Cliff are both... 100% 100% behind their revolution, so much so that they're willing to kill their own kid in this explosion. Yep, because the bomb is in the kid's dinosaur. Yep. Well, I think I think she was going to, like, uh, at first, the kid was going to survive if he had gone to the washroom with her, right? But I think when the kid was, like, f- fighting it, she was just like, well, whatever. Guess you're dead now. <laughs> yep. But Arnold does uh, manage to figure this out. Uh, because he remembers somehow there's like a flashback to her putting the dinosaur not through the scanner and for some reason that sticks out in his mind yeah there's a lot of flash bla- flashback plot convenience in flashback this. what convenience plot convenience <laughs> so he can just throw the dinosaur out the window and it blows up it so does take a brilliant <laughs> shoots the skylight and throws it out the window Yep. He finds out she's in, uh, Selena's gotten into the elevator. She kills the guy that's in the elevator with her. Yeah. Uh, Casey Jones at this point is like, oh shit, like I know what's going down now. And he gets his gun and he gets ready to shoot her, but she pops out and shoots him in the head. He sucks. Honest to God. Yeah, he's the worst. I don't know how he got as far as he did by employing tactics like that. Like waiting for the elevator and just... And then sticking your head shot. around the corner. Oh, yeah, by the way. And pop, gone. Yep. <laughs> Arnold slides down the elevator shaft with a fucking belt. <laughs> one of the most ridiculous parts of this movie. It, yes, just one of the myriad. Yep. He gets down there and Selena, but Selena and... Um, uh, Cliff Curtis, they get on a motorcycle that's waiting for them. And they're trying to make him look all bad boy and whatnot. It was delightful. Yeah, he's like, come on, babe, let's go. Let's blow this joint. <laughs> so, so they drive down the tunnel, but Arnold is like, uh-uh, shuts the gate. I'm a, and I'm a firefighter who used to work with bomb and arson, so I know how to make explosions happen with gas lines. Yep, he just starts chopping it up with an axe. And because it's gas, they can't see it. But apparently they also can't smell it. (laughs) They can't smell it, they can't see it, but they can outrun it. (laughs) Yes. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, not only does he outrun a fireball in this scene, he also outruns the motorcycle that's chasing him. Right? (laughs) Like, he... Like a cyborg. He doesn't strike me as someone who would run fast... No, because that muscle mound has weight. It's like when you see, like, The Rock run in a movie. It's like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like... Like Skyscraper. Oh, my God, yeah. Every time he runs in that movie, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but somehow, this giant explosion that engulfs Selena and Cliff Curtis does not kill them. Yeah, as I, cause as I noted during the opening, she's still alive. <laughs> She's still alive. Both of them. And they start taking it to... Well, her not for too much longer because he tosses her into like a a light display map or something. Yeah, she's she's dead, though. Yeah, so uh, a 
Schwarzenegger body slam to the wall will kill you, but a tunnel of death won't. Schwarzenegger greater than sign fire. <laughs> so Cliff sees that uh, his lovely wife is now dead, and he is filled with the rage and mm-hmm. starts beating Schwarzenegger with like the muffler off the bike, and it looks like he's beating him with a club. <laughs> Like a caveman. Yes. But but he says, uh, uh, Cliff Curtis is about to set off another bomb, and he says, so when are you going to kill me? And Arnold says, now. So when are you going to kill me? Now. <laughs> and fucking throws an axe into his chest. Axe to the chest. Which means that this is absolutely a prequel to Bullet to the Head with another fantastic axe fight in it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I like the axe fight in Bullet to the Head a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) This one, literally, it's just an axe for like two seconds. Yeah. (laughs) I need to axe you something. Oh my god, that'd be great. (laughs) As my friend Carl Weathers would say, I need to axe you something. (laughs) Gotta get that subtle racism in there, too. Yeah, just a little, yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, if it's one thing Austrians like, it's schnitzel. (laughs) So, so Cliff Curtis is dead, Selena is dead, Arnold saves the day, and that kid, I guess he's his kid now. Because they bring him out, and the kid runs up to him and gives him a hug, like he's your new daddy. (laughs) Thanks for killing my mom and dad. Yeah, he doesn't grow up to become resentful and have like a a full-on obsessive murder wish for Arnold Schwarzenegger. So much so they get into a a car and drive off together. No one is... This is not how adoption works. (laughs) This movie and Mikey, they get it. Oh my god. Also, we hear we hear uh, over the movie that he's going to get a Presidential Medal of Freedom for stopping one of the worst terrorist attacks in U.S. history. Yeah, I I feel that was that was added afterwards. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's no way that that was in the original thing. I, it was just the drive off with my new kid <laughs> scene. Thelma and Louise ending. Imagine if they uh, had gone off a cliff together. <laughs> well, he did. He went off on a cliff. Oh, shit. (laughs) So that was the ending of the movie. Now, I did promise Nathan one thing. I said, I don't want you to look it up, but there was a person in this movie that has been in another movie we discussed, and it blew my mind. So, I will reveal that now. Don't bore us. Uh, Get to the chorus. Okay. The actress... Are you going to tell me? I'm going to tell you. Okay. The actress who plays Because it seems like you're taking a really long time to tell me. Nathan, it's all about the anticipation. Okay. The actress who plays Selena. This is the part where you're telling me? Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll be good. Francesca Neri, Mm -hmm. who plays Selena. Right. She was also in a little movie we talked about. Okay. Called Captain America. She is Red Skull's daughter. What? (laughs) Yup. Mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> She's the one who I actually noted in that episode. Uh, she didn't want to leave her post. Yep. She's the one on the. She was one on the murder gang on the bicycles. 
yeah. or motorcycles. She's the one who was just shooting a gun at Captain America with holding the most stiff body position ever. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. There you go. Red Skull's daughter is also in this movie. <laughs> so that was collateral damage. Nathan, would you tell people to watch this one? Uh no, just just watch the the scene where Schwarzenegger's trashing up the 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 office. Saying, I'll show you some fucking collateral damage. <laughs> it is the greatest scene in cinematic history, like yeah. I said. I, I was gonna say, like, I think before we started this episode, I was kind of in the middle on it, but I think I'm leaning more towards no. Because there's so many more, like, bad Schwarzenegger action movies that are also, like, more entertaining. Yes. I think this one suffers from being pretty, like, Forgettable? generic, run-of-the-mill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just kind of it's just, it's just bad. Like it's not really like fun bad. There are a few moments like Leguizamo trying to gangster rap is kind of ridiculous, and you know the scene that's that one scene in question. The last scene is kind of crazy, but I mean you can I don't know you can probably like fast forward around and find some decent stuff. I would say no. It's it does suffer from forgettability. I think if you want to watch a bad one that's a little more entertaining, watch like End of Days or something. Ooh, that one is over the top crazy. Coming soon! Let's hope. <laughs> well, that having all been said, let's take a break. We will be right back with more! What were they thinking? What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they thinking? And we're back. We are back. And, uh, what's happening to my voice? It's, I don't know what just happened. Uh, you've entered that magical time in a young man's life where he starts noticing girls and there's hair where there wasn't hair before. Uh-oh. It's also time for the low haiku. It's the low haiku. 17 symbols to encapsulate the movie we just spoke about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe I went last last time, so I think I'll, I'll start it this week. Okay. <clears throat> Starts with backdraft, then hashtag family murder. La, la, la. Thank you. The uh, vocal representation on the final line really drives it home. I made sure it was five syllables. Perfect. <clears throat> I will now have mine. Mm-hmm. Arnold Fireman. Cliff Curtis was really slim. Time has not been kind. 
very good, very good. Just slagging on that cliff curse. Nice lady with the thing. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Nathan, now we've come to the time of the show to, uh, to read different people's opinions because... You know, you might agree, you might disagree with what we say, but what do we always also say? Well, we always also say... Don't take a word for us! Yikes, this, uh, this movie was not liked by a lot of people. Not, not well received by either camp. Nope, we've got critics at 19%. And what does the audience have to say about this one? Zwei und sieben. That's right. 27. 27%. So the audience liked it a lot more. Is it sieben und zwanzig? Yeah, either way. You got it. Zwanzig und sieben. I don't speak German. I just was trying to sound fun. I get it. You only speak Austrian. It's fine. Right. So the critics, uh, the first one I've got here, let's take a look here. We got uh, from Time Out, and this is a negative review, but it's it just says the, the film is less knee-jerk than it could have been. So I think they're saying it's bad, but not as like jingoistic and racist as it could have been in a post-9-11 movie. But, the, yeah. I mean, the, I don't know. The review was from 2006, but I, if this was a situation where... This review was written in Time Out before it was like an online thing. Like if it was some sort of print edition. It, I almost feel like he's saying, well, the movie was not as knee-jerk as it could have been in regards to, you know, the whole terrorism thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still, it's definitely got a few things. <laughs> well, The Guardian... Uh, <laughs> Had a well, I'm sure the review was fuller, but the the takeaway from the review apparently was, uh, according to Peter Bradshaw of the Guardian, John Bradshaw Layfield, grotesquely dishonest. Okay, don't know what that <laughs> means, but I know what it means. But those words don't make sense put together in regards to this movie. <laughs> I think maybe just like a shitty representation of the the Colombian situation, maybe in real life, maybe. Uh, possibly. Uh, Rex Reed, who I normally... Oh, that fucking hack. Oh, I fucking hate Rex Reed. I will say that with... I don't don't know if you were joking, but I really do hate Rex Reed. Oh, he's a hack. Oh, yeah, he's horrible. He's the kind of guy who makes a... He makes a scene out of walking out of a movie. Yep, him and, um... That, uh, Armand White guy. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's just like a... He's just a contrarian. Okay. Just loves, like, legitimately, all his good reviews are of, like, terrible movies. And I know, you know, everyone has an opinion, et cetera, et cetera. But this is, like, definitely intentional. Because all his reviews are, like, his glowing reviews of, like, Michael Bay movies. And then he slams, like, Blade Runner 2049 or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, every, every movie that's considered, like, good or great, negative review from this guy. Didn't he, like, walk out of... Clerks 2 or something and made a big deal out of it. Yep. And he also heckled the director of 12 Years a Slave. Oh, solid gentleman. 
So Rex Reed, a uh, total dumbass who printed a review of Cabin in the Woods and clearly didn't watch it because he didn't even know what the plot was. Total dumbass. Says, ugly, predictable, and dumb as dirt. I think that's a, f- a that's fair. bit harsh. Well, yeah. In my opinion. It, is it was predictable, but I don't think it was dumb as dirt. Mm, dumb as like a slightly more clever dirt, maybe? Like, like smart dirt. Okay, fine. It's as smart as smart dirt. It's dirt that can, you know, sync up to your Android or your mobile device. It's fun dirt, because it's a dirt that's fun, because it's fun, fun dirt. I don't think you know how that works. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) Uh, Harry Guerin of RTE Ireland. Oh, oh, I want to hear it. Says it in brackets, I guess. Want to hear that accent. Okay, I'll, I'll do my level best. The whole Southern American adventure looks to be first if you expect Schwarzenegger to break into some sort of travel program piece to the camera. <laughs> so this is what he's saying. It all seems so forced that old Schwarzenegger looks like he's about to start pitching for visits to Colombia. <laughs> like, so he could take care of two things at the same time. Get two birds stoned at once, as Ricky would say. Where he's filming a movie, but he's also endorsing travel to Colombia whilst making a movie about how terribly violent and corrupt Colombia is. I would love in the middle of the movie, he just turned to the camera and he's like, Come to Colombia! It's not like this at all. This is just a movie. Movies are fake, but if you come to Colombia, you'll have a good time. Much better than time than you had watching this movie because I know how terrible it's going to be because I am in it. <laughs> and I'm self-aware of my career. <laughs> I know what I do, but I still get paid. <laughs> Rob Nelson of City Pages, Minneapolis slash St. Paul. Oh, you got you got a Midwestern for me? Uh, I'll, I can do like the Fargo one. <laughs> that's that's what I'm looking for. Okay, I'll try. <clears throat> Straining every muscle not to offend, collateral damage counts basic coherence among its own casualties. But it's crystal clear on one point. Taking mercy on the enemy, women and children included, is for wimps. There you go, yeah, don't you know. There wasn't enough O's in there. I was hoping for more to help. (laughs) But that's my last critics one. I got one uh, from Matthew Turner, and the only reason why I want to do it is because it's from View London. (laughs) Okay. It's, this is like, this whole thing is don't take our word for it, but do take our accent for it. This simplistic good and evil concept has long been a staple of Hollywood. What is more worrying is that it now appears to constitute American foreign policy. Two out of five. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. More later. Uh, written, by, written by... Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's go into the audience reviews. Um, there are a few real troubling ones here. Okay. As you can imagine from a movie like this. So Robert I gives this five stars. And he says, I saw this opening day. 9-11 should have inspired more movies like this. Oh, Alas, yeah. this was the last great R-rated action film for too long a time. <sighs> it was made before... It was released after, but it was made way before. Christopher E. uh, was more succinct, uh, but a little... He didn't care for it. He writes, just a silly action film with nothing to lift it. One and a half stars. Except for Arnold's biceps. 
Right. They would <laughs> lift everything. Uh, this one is from Mike N, as in Nancy. Right. He says, Super Stoy line. Wish Conan was in charge of South America relations. <laughs> so does he think that this is like some version of Conan? Uh, yeah, and the weird part okay. is he puts Conan in those like less than and greater than brackets. Oh, so he doesn't even use quotes or anything. No, it's real strange. Okay. And there's two commas right right uh, right in a row. It's a mess. <laughs> Thomas R. wrote, This should have been edited down into Commando 2. It could have been a fun, over-the-top action movie. Instead, it's forgettable and boring. One and a half stars. Boom. I do agree with that that last statement about being forgettable. Yeah, I don't know about edited into Commando 2. No. (laughs) I don't remember in Commando when he was a firefighter. Right. Uh, he okay. was ex-military. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and that made that movie is dumb and fun, and that actually made sense in that movie because he's ex-military special forces. So. Exactly. Okay, Nathan, this is the most troubling one I have here. This is my. This is actually my last one because I, I, I. After this, I was like, I don't even want to find anymore. <laughs> so this is from Jeff H. Okay. Okay. And he gives it four and a half stars, and his review simply says, "I enjoyed it." The terrorist was pretty bad, and heck, he was Muslim. Everyone wanted to see a towel head get blown away. Oh. Yeah, I'm bad for saying it. You're pathetic for being afraid to say it. Oh. Isn't that ho- awful? That is horrible. Yeah, and just to get... just Now, having read that, I got a little intrigued about, like, Jeff H.'s user profile. So I clicked on his name, and I found another review he posted. And I just want to read this real quick, because it's very short. And it's a half-a-star review for Brokeback Mountain. Oh, I... Mm-hmm. Yep. He says, No thanks. Gay sex doesn't work for me. No, I haven't tried it, but I'm pretty sure. So clearly this is a real good, real cool dude, um, but maybe a bit confused since he was rating a movie and not the act of gay sex. Right. Uh, not this... the script, the acting, the story, the emotion that you're supposed to feel with it. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't even watch it. He probably just heard that Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger fall for each other and have sex and just refuse to watch it, but still felt that he needed to review it. It's like, it's like, I, it's like if I watched Thelma and Louise and was like, "Mm, no thanks, I'm not a woman, can't relate. Or didn't watch it and still needed to review it. Exactly. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to end this on a, I guess, positive note. Please do. Three stars, but still. Okay. uh, I feel it's going to counter Mr. Hateful Pants over there. Jeff Hateful, I think is his name. Okay. Jeff Hate. Mo- th- this is he might want to cover his ears if he's listening because okay. this is from Mohammed A. Uh oh. It's a good movie to watch. <laughs> Three yeah. stars. Well, thank you for lightening the mood, Mohammed A. <laughs> you you you're really doing God's work. <laughs> or Allah's work. Which is God. Right. Because it's the same God. Right. A lot of folks don't get that. That the, that the God, when we're, when religions are talking about, specifically Christianity, uh, Islam, and Judaism, 
It's all the same god. Yeah, it's just the name you use to refer but, to your god. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you tried telling that to someone from the south. <laughs> I try to some tell that to anybody who is not one of those other two religions. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that was colla- that was collateral damage. Those are the reviews. We nailed it. Got it 100%. covered. But next week, Nathan, we are starting a new segment, a yes. new, new episode, I guess. So so I guess we should explain that um, we do every Thursday. Every Thursday right. we put on an episode. Tuesday it's, for it's, Patreon, of course. Right, and it's not every other other week. No, just every Thursday. Every week. Yeah. Because it used to be that every other week we would review to a, a bad to questionable movie and unpack it so you don't have to. <laughs> oh, boy. But then every other other week, we would A your cues with our mailbag. Right. No but big na- whoop. <laughs> no, no big whoop at all. But now, every week, we talk about a movie, a bad to questionable movie. And unpack it so you don't have to. Oh, no, we're going back into it. <laughs> but we, uh, Nathan realized, you know, we don't cover, we, we cover theatrical releases for the most part. Yes, and a lot of times we get suggestions from you find folks that are VOD or VOD, movies that release yeah. direct to video. Straight to video, straight to DVD, um, straight to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, we kind of go, uh, you know, low-hanging fruit, we don't really want to cover those. But we've decided to put all that aside for a few times out of the year. Yeah, and it... it because now that we're doing it every week, and there's going to run up times where we're going to run into five Thursdays in a month, and mm-hmm. this happens to be one of them. So on this fifth Thursday that's coming up next week, we are going to start a, a new series called... Small Screen Shamefuls. Right. So for this one, coming up... You don't really know... What, do you know what you're looking for? What do you mean... Well, do you know what you're looking for in regard... Do you have faith in what you're looking for? (laughs) There you go. There's your hint. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Our conversation was your hint. There you go. And just to touch back on why... uh, Another reason why we usually didn't... We weren't doing the straight-to-video or VOD stuff is because... In situations like that, it almost feels like we're punching down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's one thing to take the piss out of Michael Bay, but it's another to take it out of a guy who's... People who are genuinely trying but don't have the budget or the support for them to make a good movie. I mean, say what you will about Tommy Wiseau, yeah. but it's very we easy will. to pile on him. Yes. Um, very Almost similar to... Next week, it's really easy to pile on to this guy. But we're going to do it regardless. Yes. So make sure you catch that next week. And do you have a, I guess you would have a pre-recorded message from Montrose this week? Uh, No, he is, he's up and about today uh, and getting psyched up for uh, the SummerSlam, which is happening the day of our recording. Okay. And uh, he's getting all He's getting all jazzed up for that, so I'm just going to bring him on in here. Hello! It's good friend Montrose Monkington Third here. I'm just taking time away from my, my SummerSlam prep-up. 
to talk to you about my YouTube channel, Montrose Monkington TV, where you can actually see videos from uh, me covering this, this evening's event. Uh, and once you've seen that, uh, you you can also uh, head on over to Facebook uh, to our group Montrose Monkington III Esquire and Friends, which is also where I post videos uh, for these events as well. And uh, you can comment uh, and talk to me about how you feel my videos are going. Uh, and finally, if you just want to send a quick screed uh, in regards to the videos, uh, but not go through the whole logging into Facebook thing, uh, you can just check me out on Twitter, at Montrose the Third. That's the number 3RD. Uh, feel free to send along any comments that you wish. Uh, do know that this, anything hateful or disgusting, will be deleted and you will be blocked. Thank you. More later. Thank you. You're welcome. No, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to keep talking. I'm going to go continue to prepare for SummerSlam. Good day, gentlemen. <laughs> Perfect. So, that having all been said, uh, you can find us on the social medias, on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. Find us... Find us on Facebook. Just search for What Were They Thinking? You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. We have an episode actually that just went up exclusively for patrons on uh, the Justice League. So you can check that out. As well as uh, we have Rocky Five and um, uh, Alien vs. Predator. And you can also uh, sign up for all kinds of other good things. You can pick movies for us to watch on our regular episodes. You can guest on the episode, advertise on the show, etc, etc, etc. Lots of good stuff. Um, find us on all the podcatchers, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. If you're listening to us right now, you obviously know where to look, so keep, uh, keep on those podcatchers. Also, Podcoin, which I'm sure you've heard about many times from us. Mm -hmm. So, with all that being said, Nathan, I just have a question for you. Okay, well, I'll do my level best. Well, in a movie mm -hmm. that, you know, had to be postponed because of a... Pretty horrific, tragic, real-life event. Right. And in a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is playing, uh, a, I guess, a badass, kick-ass fireman. Okay. I mean, firemen are great, don't get me wrong. I'm just, they are. You know, and it's, a lot of them are kick-ass and badass. Yeah, just in a, di in a different way in this movie, I guess. Danny Trejo and that guy who was in Godzilla. Yeah. Jean Reno. <laughs> no, no. You know what I mean. The yeah, one with yeah. Brian Cranston. It's funny I know his name, but I don't know Kickass's name. <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson. There you go. That's why it's too wordy. And in a movie where, I mean, Red Skull's daughter is in this. <laughs> yes. Mind blown. And in a movie where sometimes it's in Spanish, sometimes there's subtitles, sometimes it's in English, with no real purpose either way. Where they should be speaking Spanish, yep. I guess I just have to know. Well, please. What were they thinking? Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is the Hurricane Heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. Whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before and we want to figure out what. 
check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Jay Betts. And I'm Michael. And we're the hosts of a very thought-provoking show called The What If Podcast. On it, we'll explore the big and little what-ifs of life and steer our listeners toward a better understanding of the real or hypothetical situations we might find ourselves in. Or not. On our journey, we'll learn interesting facts and fictions about the everyday world. And sometimes, most of the times, we'll dive headlong into rabbit holes that slide up against the subject and sharply turn away from it. Come along with us. We'll have fun and learn something new together. New episodes release every other Tuesday. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, and anywhere fine podcasts are archived.